0: Good morning everyone. Welcome to Beachside CEO. This is Troy Dooley and I hope that wherever you're at in the world that your day looks like mine. There is not a cloud in the sky. It's beautiful. Tourism is going crazy in this small little fishing village right now. Uh, It took an hour and a half to go 15 minutes yesterday. But you know what? This is exciting to me because over the last few years, between the hurricanes, the oil spills, uh, man, we've just taken a devastation. And then you knock then in Wall Street and all that crap, and it sucked. And now what I'm seeing, and this is so exciting to those that, that I have that are friends that live here, that make their job from, from the hotel, restaurant, fishing trade, they are doing well, paying off their debts, getting back on top of things and that leads me to our brand new series The Secret Things of God. That that freaked you out because that's not what I titled the series. Actually, it's a that's the series of a of a set of books that I've been reading by Dr. Henry Cloud. And the name of this series that we're doing is The Law of Happiness: How Spiritual Wisdom and Modern Science Can Change Your Life. I was talking to my wonderful mother today and she said, Well, modern science can't change your life. It can't bring you happiness. Now I'm ad-living her words and and I thought, Wow, what a this is gonna be a great series because I think a lot of times we all we all kind of blow off science. As, as especially as those of us that are followers and believers of Jesus Christ, we we get this this mindset that the only book or the only wisdom that we need comes from the Bible. And whereas that needs to be the foundation, that needs to be 100% what we weigh everything against, the reality is that the Bible is full of science. And most people didn't even realize it back then. And it's amazing to me, and we're going to get into some stuff today. Now, I want you to understand if you're new to the show, You're not going to hear me preaching and and getting into all that stuff. Most people that follow me know that I have a very deep faith and that everything I do revolves around that faith. Whether you like me or not, there are some consistencies in my life, and that happens to be one of them. Dr. Henry Cloud, who is a New York best-selling author of the book Boundaries, Integrity, many, many other books, um, is just phenomenal as a a trained psychologist. he has a, a pretty good idea of what's going on. He's a co-host of New, New Life uh, Radio Show, New Life Ministries. It used to be the Minerth Meyer clinics before they were bought up. I just love this guy, and I've been studying and studying and studying his stuff for years. It's helped me to better understand where I'm coming from, and I decided this is so important because as I've studied people, as I've gone around the nation this year, I'm getting ready to go to Canada in a couple months, and I've studied people – The the same frustrations, whether they call themselves Christians or they don't believe in anything, is the same. They're seeking out happiness in the wrong places. And if we can show where it's so simple, where it doesn't hardly take any time at all for you and me to be able to grab that happiness that we're looking for, wouldn't it... Wouldn't it be wise to give it a shot, to go for it? And that's what we want to do. You know, he starts this off with a very cute story. He says, my co-host on the radio show, New Life Live, lit up with enthusiasm when I pulled out my mini computer out of my bag before show day. He said, I'm so excited. I just got one of those and can't wait to use it. He said, people have been telling me they're incredible. Dr. Cloud looked over at him and said, what do you mean you can't wait to use it? He said, something's wrong with it. I had an appointment to take it in. I brought it home, and it wouldn't turn on. I said, that's strange. Usually they don't ship them if they don't boot up. What did you try? He goes, well, I just started hitting the buttons down at the bottom. He goes, "Nothing, nothing would happen. He goes, that's weird. He goes, but why were you hitting those buttons when those are the mouse clickers? Did you hit the one at the top corner? He goes, what button at the top corner? He goes, like this. Come here. Got Steve Arterburn to come over there. He clicked the button. He said, wow. He goes, I didn't know that button was there. Now, you may be saying, Troy, why would he start a story off like that? Well, here's the reason. Scientific research is finding that happiness is really about pushing the right buttons. He said, we are wired to experience happiness, but we keep hitting the wrong buttons in our efforts to turn our happiness on. I want to tell you something. Unless you've got a modern version of the Bible, you probably aren't going to find the word happiness in the King James version, or 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 even in the in some of the other older versions. It's not there. You'll see joy. Joy's a, a word that's there quite a bit, but you don't find happiness. And as I started studying this in depth, I thought, why is it that happiness wasn't in the Bible? And I think probably it would be in the Hebrew, but they're probably a different word for it, to be honest. So I think as we dig through here, whether you call yourself a Christian, a faith walker, anything like that, I think you're going to find that this is very, very deep, very, very interesting. See, for hundreds of years, when you look at science and you look at psychology, they... Although they've they've kind of been been focused on happiness, really they focus on the negative. Their focus has been on the absence of happiness. As a kid, I had to go and and get some neurological stuff done and they they put all the electrodes up to my head trying to find out if I was going to grow up a happy child or a sad child. I just grew up a, a mean and nasty child for the most part. I was always getting in trouble. They didn't check for that, I don't think. But see, what happened was they were looking for the absence of happiness. See, the interest has been more focused on our pain, our hurt, our depression, and our anxiety than it has been on the positive side. I got to thinking about that, and as I was reading Dr. Cloud's book, I found it interesting. He said, listen to this. He goes, but what about about the upside of life? Is there more to life than not being depressed or unhappy? What scientific research has found is that just like computers are designed to work when properly turned on, humans are wired in such a way that when properly turned on they get happier. Now, some of you may be saying, "Troy, you're going to go down this this, you know, metaphysical, let's let's law of attraction, let's be happy, let's only think positive thoughts." Mm, probably a little bit. Uh, but if you've studied anything I've written or anything I've spoken on, you know that I'm not a a fan of this Law of Attraction stuff because it's taught wrong. So we're not going to go down the road quite like that, but we are going to touch on some things. Because, see, if we focus on what it takes to make us happier, if we focus on what's in our control versus what's not in our control, then we'll be better off. See, science has shown us now that our brains will secrete chemicals that make us feel better, that make our bodies feel healthier, that that make us, that, that they can make us more money. They can get our relationships to improve. Our, our marriage can be more fulfilling. We can live longer. We we get all this if we're turned on correctly. See, think about this. At least fifty percent of the people in America must not be turned on happy or turned on. Right, because their happiness isn't there, at least in relationships, because they're getting divorced. We see parents and kids always chasing the wrong direction. So I think as we cruise through this today, and we probably won't get through the whole thing, I'm going to say that. I think that we're going to be able to dig deep enough over the next few weeks. Now, some days we won't be on. I've got to fly out of town on Friday. I'll be gone all the following week. But we're going to study this in depth because it's that important. See, it's one thing when we do a series of shows on the, the nuts and bolts of a business. It's another thing when we start digging into the nuts and bolts of human psychology. Dr. Cloud writes Humans are wired in such a way that when properly turned on, they get happier. Unfortunately, we often don't, we just don't know where the power buttons are. So we keep pushing the wrong ones, hoping that we're just one click away from happiness. Most of us can't even define happiness, not correctly. And and the sad thing is, if you turn on the TV today, you see all these talk shows where the experts are interviewing people that aren't happy. And sadly, the people on the couch are thinking, if I just listen hard enough, this so-called expert will teach me how to be happy. What happens is we fall prey to thinking things like, if I could just make a little bit more money, I'd be happy. If I could just find that special person to marry, I'd be happy. If I could just get that promotion, I'd be happy. If I could just finally own my own house, I'd be happy. If I could move and and live in a different city, I'd be happy. If I could get a new model car or truck or computer or something, I'd be happy. If I could just get my, my, my master's degree, if I could just get a GED, I'd be happy. If I could lose 20 pounds, I'd be happy. If I was beautiful, I'd be happy. If I could move to that gated community, I'd sure be happy. If I was rich, I'd be happy. If I was famous, I'd be happy. There's probably some rendition of those the thoughts that have crossed your mind somewhere along the line. Heck, we all go through that. I remember for almost a decade walking on the cliffs over Lake Giacomo. Thinking, man, I'd really be happy if I could just get on the water. And look out over the the water every day, and I did that for a decade. Now almost every day I end up at the beach in one facet or the other. I really do love the water. Does it make me happier? No, but it does put my mind in a in a state of of peace where I'm I'm really studying better. I'll tell you that. But here's what we found: research and spiritual wisdom both reveal that while many of the items that we see certainly have value and certain I mean, trust me. Everything that we just mentioned can bring you a, a a state of euphoria for a second, but they do not bring sustainable happiness. And that's what we've got to take a look at. See, there's at least three reasons that the new house, the new job, the new relationships, the bigger bank account, or any of these other things on the list won't make us happy long term. And these are the three things I want to say. Get out a pen and paper. Write this down because this is important. Number one, our external circumstances do not have the inherent power to bring us happiness. See, if you look at the list, if, we, if, if you go back and listen to the recording and you listen to that list again, you're going to see that all of these desires, as well as some that we probably didn't cover, are just states of our mindset. You're, for for a splitting second, you're excited. If we were doing a show, and on one of my other radio shows, we we talk more about relationships, and it, it's kind of like the act of an orgasm. And please don't get turned off here. That that right there, that that euphoric moment is just a state of being, and then it's gone. And if you're Married and in a great relationship and you're making love, that's great. And if you're not and you're in an affair you don't want to get caught, all of a sudden the guilt rolls in. A new type. Because the chemicals that are released during extreme stressful moments, whether they're exciting and passionate moments or they're stressful, hateful, hurting moments, it's basically the same. All of a sudden when they are gone, you're left with a new state of mind. And that's because that's an external circumstance. See, circumstances only account for about 10% of our happiness. Very small amount. Going back to using the the O word for that orgasm. See, to really have that, that state be lasting, you need to have that intimacy with someone that goes far deeper at a heart level than just at a physical level. It takes a lot of pain and a lot of happiness in a relationship in order to have the intimacy that you desire. But see, science has found that you might think you're going to be a lot happier than you actually are after you get what you want. See, this is, this is where I believe that when people talk about lifestyle change, that they don't understand it. Because it's never about a life style change that's going to bring happiness and contentment. It's about a life change. Circumstantial things and events will put us in a happy state for a second. But nothing long term. You ever heard the thing, son, money can't buy you happiness but it can buy you a big red Cadillac. Now, poverty don't buy you happiness either and trust me, this is what I'm getting at. Okay, Circumstances are 10% with money because that's what people focus on you can get a lot of cool things a lot of big things there's no doubt about that no doubt about that whatsoever but at the end of the day the car gets old the bank account fluctuates all all this stuff will change and what do you have the same frustrating mindset See, the fact that our circumstances have limited power to make us happy have been documented in research. But if you think about it for a moment, you already know this from your own observations, probably from your own life experience. And if you don't, then here's what I suggest you do. Get into the grocery line today when you're buying milk or eggs or something, and look at how many of those those rags that are sitting there that talk about all the unhappy people in Hollywood and in Washington and all that crap. Think about it for a minute. If circumstantial things could bring us happiness, lasting happiness, would we really be seeing all those headlines? Or on the flip side, if circumstantial things and events are the sources of happiness, then why are there so many people that are happy that don't have any of those big things? I mean, think about that. I get people tell me all the time, Troy, "You got to have a different lifestyle. You need a big old gigantic boat, you need to go deep sea fishing." But you know, I know millions of people, I don't know them personally, But every weekend, they get in their little bitty rowboat, and they go out on the lake, or they go out in the river. They catch some fish. They go back. They're in a camper. They're in a tent. They make love to each other. They have fun with their kids, and they're content. So it isn't about all the circumstances. Just normal, everyday people can have fun when the mindset is correct. And that's what makes the big difference. Reason number two circumstantial happiness does not last. Psychological research has shown something else about getting or achieving some external circumstantial state as a path to happiness. It doesn't last. It has a short shelf life. So not only do our circumstances and our achievements account for only a small percentage of our happiness, but even when they're able to contri- able to contribute it evaporates quickly. Let me use, I'm going to use my mom and and dad as an example. There are times when my mom gets underneath my dad's skin. You know, they've been married for like I don't know, the world's been around forever and they've been married for almost that long. And then there's times when my dad gets under my mom's skin. And then there's times when things seem to go okay. But what I've learned in both cases is that when things are going okay and and dad's content and he's found something he likes or mom's busy painting or doing something that she likes, they really have a lot to talk about. They chit-chat, but then all of a sudden they'll get back on each other's nerves. Dad leaves the printer on or the computer off or mom doesn't do something that dad wants and, and they go back into this circle. Now, don't we all do that? Now, does that mean that they're not happy? Probably not. Deep down inside, they love each other to death. But the circumstances don't last. Something will always come up that puts you in a state of mind where you're frustrated. You turn the printer on and paper comes flying out and you don't know why. You're wasting ink or... or, Well, I I don't want to have to eat that kind of food anymore, and and she's always making me eat that kind of food. Whatever the case is, we all go through these little things. And it just goes to show that when we achieve or we're getting what we want, and things seem to be contentful and peaceful, that probably it isn't going to last because we're going to be seeing something negative, glass half full, or, or the circumstances are going to change real quickly and we're going to go back to something else. Now you may ask, well, why? See, why is it that we we go through this and we think we're happy for a moment? And in one split second, even if we're able to contribute something, that outside circumstance evaporates quickly, and it actually comes because there's a set point in our mind about the level of happiness that we carry around. And it's, it's it's kind of like a thermostat. Okay, let's say that your set point from from factors other than circumstances. Okay, This means that inside of you, happiness comes from internal, not from external. It's about 70%. Then you get this new house and you jump up to 80% because all of a sudden you're excited. Well, at least for a day or two. And then all of a sudden, what happens? You you see a nick in the wood. You see a chip out of the paint. But there, there for a minute you felt 100% happy. Life couldn't get any better. Then all of a sudden, bam. Well, the same thing happens when you're courting somebody. You're you're, you're excited. Oh, she looked at me. She watched me. I watched her. Oh, we're 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 batting eyes at each other. We're just so excited, and then all of a sudden you get to know each other. You drop back down to that seventy percent mark. But see, listen to this. It doesn't matter if it's a house, a raise, a relationship. Research has shown us that we come back down to the place we were before we re- we return to our set point and this is called a hedonic treadmill okay we just that's just the way it is this is why it's common sense to tell us you can look back on things that you thought would kill you and now it's no big deal or you look at things that you you just can't live without and now they're sitting in the garage somewhere because you're not really using them that's what that is third reason is that when we're pursuing the things that don't have the power to make us happy, we're ignoring the ones that do. See, this is the flip side of the first reason about circumstantial answers to happiness. See, the list does not have the power to make you happy. And if you're focused on the things or the kind of answers, that you will, then you won't focus on what actually can make you happy that plain and simple. It's kind of like dieting. If you're eating junk food, not only is it not helping, and it's probably hurting you, but at the same time, you're not getting the nourishment, your body, that would change your whole metabolism. See, just like our bodies, just like we need certain nutrients to make us healthy, our heart, our mind, and our soul need certain practices to make us happy. There's no way I'm going to get up in the morning, let my baby girls eat a bunch of donuts from Donut Hole, and then go play soccer. Because I know that about halfway through the game, they're going to go from having a sugar spike to a sugar low, and they're going to crash and burn. It doesn't work. And something else that I'll tell you, and some of you know that I get I get in a, a just a rant on this. Everything has a mathematical equation to it. And there's a mathematical makeup to happiness. See, that's what's so fun. Here's the math. As as Dr. Cloud mentioned earlier, at any given moment, circumstances may be contributing to about 10% of our happiness in life. Life, you know, it can be going well. You've got this lift. Things are kind of happy all around you, other than, you know, when there's a great tragedy or trauma or something like that. But then you get a little downturn. That's really why you feel the way you do, because it's all of a sudden one little one little change can pop, and all of a sudden you're back. The next factor comes from your internal makeup, which is probably composed of genetic temperament, uh, constitutional factors, stuff like that. That makes up about fifty percent of your happiness, your internal side of things. You go to an infant nursery, and you can get you can see all different levels of this at work. Some babies are happy, some are crying, some are mad, some are you know. And as they grow up, you look at other little children, and you see the same thing. It's a natural disposition that kids have. All six of our kids are different. All all of our grandchildren are different. Different genetics, different makeup, that's just the way it works. But now here's the good news. The other 40%, the rest of what goes into your happiness, comes from things that are directly under your control, your behavior, your thoughts, your intentional practices in your life. In other words, these are the things that you do on purpose. These are the things that actually drive you. These are the things that, that based on that 50% inside of you that are just God-given, that's just the way you are. When you put that 90% together and you're focused on a purpose that's there from you from your heart, all of a sudden the sky's the limit. But there's some challenges and warnings that go with that. Let's look at these. This leaves us all with a decision. Or better yet, an entire lifetime of decisions. Moment by moment, day by day, year by year, decade by decade, choices create a direction. God calls it free will. Our, deci- our or, not our, or deciding on a direction will dictate each choice. See, either you're going to go or somebody else is going to decide where you're going to go. You're going to decide, and you're going to make the move, or somebody else is going to do it for you. See, the direction is how we invest our lives, and it's under our control. Nobody goes out and tells somebody, I'm going to become a rapist. They make a conscious decision. That's going to freak people out, I know. There's all kinds of bleeding heart liberals who are going to say, no, Troy, that's just, they can't control themselves. Yeah, they can. Okay, That's like saying a pedophile can't control themselves. That's like saying a woman can't control not having an affair on a man, or a man can't have, you know, everything is in your control period. You may not want, and you may be in such a a historical habit that it just, that's the way it is until you decide you want to change it. But you can change it. But here's another question. If spending all of our time pursuing the 10%, the things we think are going to make us happy, do not work, then why in the world do we continue to do it? Why do we think that if I only had then I would be happy. it doesn't work that way. Dr. Cloud uses the story of a single woman. And she came to him and said, it's just a tragedy that, that I'm single. If I was just married, if I had a family, if I had kids, oh, life would be perfect. I guess she doesn't realize that 50% of all marriages right now end in divorce. See, the task is not to focus on getting married, but to focus on becoming a happy person in whatever state we find ourselves in. See, often we're tempted to believe, if only. We think that our outside circumstances would change, we'd be happy. That's not true, and research has proven that. See, here's something that we can look at that maybe will drive this home, especially for you Christians. It's always human nature to say what if, but we can fall prey to this. The story of Garden of Eden is a prime example. And although it's written in the Bible and some people don't believe it, just just bear with me for a minute. Because the events kind of go like this for you that maybe don't know it. God created a good life, a beautiful garden. There was lots of trees. Everybody was happy. It was like that euphoria, that that fantasy land, that, that perfect A man, woman, the romantic adventure of the lifetime. But he also gave some instructions, especially one. He said, do not eat from the tree, from any of the trees in the garden. I have created some great stuff here. Have a good time. Eat and be satisfied. But don't eat from the tree. Now, he didn't go into all the finite details like the facts that... He had so carefully placed taste buds in the mouth and designed the tongue for this, and their bodies were going to meld together, and the husband was going to love the look of his wife and et cetera. he didn't go into all that. he just was very quick, simple. Here's life, go for it, enjoy, trust me, it all works now i'm s I'm sure that you know some of the the trees nobody you know they probably had nuts that fell on the ground all that we all we all know that, but but get, bear with me here for a minute. He gave them one warning. He said to Adam and Eve, Don't eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat of it, you will surely die. What was the warning? It was basically the warning to keep from playing God and thinking that you can act like Him, be like Him, make Him. The same problems that we have today. But what happened? They ate from it. They just decided to eat from him, and all of a sudden, their life turned upside down. All of a sudden, they were no longer happy walking around buck naked in front of each other. All of a sudden, they were embarrassed. All of a sudden, they, they disobeyed God, and they said, he said, Dude, you can't live in this euphoria anymore. You're going to have to go out and bust your butt and make a living. In other words, the lesson that they learned in going for what they thought was going to make them happy, they lost all the things that really did. The result was they found themselves in a very unhappy state, disconnected and ashamed. Not a good day by anyone's means. See, this is what really gets me. When you think of it from a spiritual standpoint and a science standpoint, it actually comes together. So here's our challenge as we end up the show today. Live life investing in the ways that that it's designed to be lived. When we do as we should do, as we follow those things that that are our driven purpose in life, we'll start to be happier. When we stop focusing on lifestyle change and focus on life change, we'll start to see our happy quotient start to go up. That that stopgap place will rise. It happens. The Bible proves it, and science proves it. So whether you're a Christian or or an atheist, for that matter, the facts are there on what makes you happy. And you should be able to find something out of this series that will help you take it to the next level. Tomorrow, happy people are givers. This is the law of happiness, and I love doing this. This is the Beachside CEO heard around the world on the Home Business Radio Network, the voice of positive, powered radio. Bye until tomorrow.